Who are we adding to our rosters at the end of the season? And more importantly, who are we dropping? Bellinger? Trout? Mookie? That and more today on Fastball Fantasy Baseball. I'm Taylor Tarter, and this is Fastball Fantasy Baseball. Let's get into it. We've got a bunch to talk about this week, but before we do, let's take a look at who had the best week last week. And also, before we get started, Nick is back co-hosting the show this week. What's up, friends? So uh, one of the best players who I had, uh, or one of the players who had the best matchup 20 was uh, Kansas City catcher Salvador Perez, who went 10 for 28. That's a 357 batting average, six runs, six home runs, and 14 RBI. And I don't know about you, but it's clear to me that he is the number one catcher for next year, without a doubt. Uh, JT Real Muto was overranked and I think has been overranked for a while. Uh, this year in drafts, definitely in ESPN uh, drafts, JT Real Muto went 53 this year. Salvi went 63rd and Will Smith went 96th. And arguably, Will Smith has been better than Real Muto has been, you know, this year as well. So this season, uh, Salvi has a 38 home has 38 home runs, 94 RBI, and is batting 277, which is incredible for anybody, let alone a catcher. Uh, Mike Zanino is the next highest for catchers with home runs at 27. And Will Smith is the next highest uh, in RBI for catchers with 65. So Salvi is outpacing these guys by a ton. Um, He's actually tied for second in baseball with Vlad in home runs. And he's fourth in baseball in RBI, uh, which is also incredible. Part of the reason is he, I think he's been DHing. Um, so he's been able to get into the lineup in different ways. He's not burning out his knees like he has done in the past, uh, which has kind of slowed down his production before. Um, so I think they're using him in a smarter way this year in Kansas City, and it's working. Uh, his career, uh, BABIP is 289, uh, but most of his career, he was hitting you know, 20% line drives or lower. Ooh, we got crazy storms going on here. I don't know if hey, you can hear it. I heard it. Uh, so most of his sick, career. Just like Salvi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's been kind of a low line drive hitter, 20% line drives or, or less. Um, and his hard contact hasn't been great. But this year, he's got some of the best hard contact numbers of his career. And his line drive rate is up over 23%, which leads me to think that his current you know, 307 BABIP is – legit and that the 277 batting average is legit and yeah you know it's it's wild one of the things i saw the other day and it was shocking to me man was he he has 17 home runs since the all-star break and that's tied with joey Votto. like i think people think of joey Votto as a totally different player and a, and a better player than salvador perez but i don't think there's that much of a difference yeah, yeah he's gonna be salvi is gonna be hard to rank i think next year uh, because of the position and the, the you know, how, how good he is compared to the rest of his position, but also what he's doing just in general. So a couple other quick things. He's 13th in baseball in barrel rate, not among catchers, among baseball players. He's Everyone. sixth in baseball in hard hit rate, and he's sixth in hard contact. The power is legit. It's tangible. And it's what he's doing is repeatable. Uh, this is, a t- for me, this is a player next year where I am ignoring his position. I'm ignoring the fact that he's a catcher and I'm drafting the stats because the fact that he is being used as a, as a designated hitter is keeping him in the lineup. Is he top 50? Is he a top 50 player? 
Yeah, I think because he is a catcher, because he is hands down above the rest of the catchers, and he's a catcher who you're going to get to put in your lineup six, maybe seven days a week, because if he's not catching, he's DHing. Because you're going to get that use out of him, he almost has to be top 50. I'd be shocked if people don't rank, potentially rank him even higher simply because he is a catcher and people oftentimes reach on catchers. JT Rel Muto is a perfect example of that. You know, he was, he went 53rd in ESPN drafts and he's clearly not that caliber of player. Yeah. And Salvador Perez is that caliber yeah. player and has the catcher. Uh, position so I think people will absolutely I think he'll be tough to get next year because you'll have people who will reach for him like they always do at the catcher position Um, and this time it might actually be warranted yeah and uh, one pitcher that had a great matchup last week was White Sox starter Dylan Cease he went 13 innings gave up eight hits two earned runs three walks 18 strikeouts and in uh, picked up, he picked up a quality start and a win in each game, uh, one against Chicago and one against Toronto. Uh, during those matchups, he had a 138 ERA and an, a 0.85 whip. Uh, a couple other players picked up two quality starts. Um, Colorado starter Antonio Sensatella, Seattle pitcher Marco Gonzalez, uh, Brady Singer from Kansas City, Oscar Inoa uh, in Atlanta, but um, none of them picked up uh, two wins. Uh, some had one win, some had zero. Uh, but Dylan Cease was clearly the best out of them. Cease looked really good. He, and he's, he's looked, uh, really good this season and he's actually improved each season. He's been, uh, you know, in, in the majors since 2019, he's getting his walks and home runs down home run to fly ball rate and BABIP look very normal right now. And to me, that is just a signal that this is a legit three, eight, you know, he's got a three eight ERA. It looks for real. Uh, and it's something that he can probably continue to improve on in the next season on, on the year. He's got 11 wins, six losses and 10 quality starts. The, the, the biggest notable improvement for him is that he's, up to 11 strikeouts per nine, which is really, really good. Uh, he came up from six uh, strikeouts per nine innings last season and nine in 2019. And so the question is, how is he doing that, right? So he has had a slight jump in spin rate, but not like significant. At most, I think one of his pitches increased by like 70 RPMs. You know, and these guys mm-hmm. are throwing pitches at like 2,000 you know, 2,200 RPM. So it's uh, a marginal increase in, in spin rate. Uh, his pitches just seem to be performing better, especially his curveball, where the whiff rate went from 17% last year to 40% this year. And his put away rate on, on his curveball went from 0% last year to 30% this year. So he's getting more batters out with pitches like that. Um, and in fact, his put away and whiff rates on all his pitches increased from last year to this year. And so maybe it's like the pitch sequencing, like, you know, not throwing a first pitch fastball every time or mixing up locations and things like that. Um, And maybe it is the marginal jump in spin rate. Maybe he was tipping pitches last year, whatever it is, it is working for him this season. Yeah. I think one of the things that, um, people have to look at sometimes when you you think about a, a pitcher i mean he's he's always had a high spin rate fastball and he's also a pitcher who he was highly touted as a prospect and had a you know like a, a plus plus fastball when you look at who he was in the minors but one of the things that's really down for him this year and i think it makes a difference for a lot of pitchers especially some of our younger pitchers is his walk rate right? His walks are way down. He cut it by three yeah. percentage points to nine and a half percent. Like you said, his strikeout rate is, is way up and he's, it's got, really, it's gone from 17.3% um, to 30.8% when you look at the actual numbers in terms of his strikeout rate, which is fantastic. But when you think about if he's issuing less walks, he's got less people on the, on the base path. Maybe he pitches better when he's not pitching out of the stretch. 
Um, he might also have just finally started to settle in as a young pitcher. He's kind of that like post-hype sleep, uh, post-hype uh, prospect that you think about. I mean, he, him and Carlos Rodon, you know, um, they, they both have absolutely amazed this year and they were top prospects and maybe it's just taken some time. We've seen this year too, a lot of players who came up as prospects have really struggled. Um, so I think some of it might just be that adjustment time. Yeah. And so we do have uh, a little bit of COVID news. So we're going to go ahead and transition into that. Coronavirus! New York Mets starting pitcher Noah Syndergaard tested positive for the virus, which is pushing back his return. Another delay. And at this point, like, I just would not factor him into my lineups going forwards. Uh, see you next year. Bullpen only. Um, I don't even think he's going to be they back probably won't that. even make it there yeah you're right um because you know he would have to increase his workload and well you know he just yeah. had has had so many setbacks already and and the mets are also not really looking like a playoff team so why why, why rush him back why bother uh starting pitchers johnny cueto and alex wood and infielder donovan solano all from uh san francisco hit the covid il uh Cueto did not test positive, but he's feeling sick. So it's one of those, um, you know, cautionary situations. But Wood and Solano <laughs> both did test positive. And uh, Cueto and Wood are having pretty decent seasons. Uh, Wood is rostered in nearly 80% of leagues. So you're definitely, you know, he, he's rostered in a lot of leagues. So you're going to have to figure something out with him. We'll talk about some streamers later in the show. And uh, Cueto is rostered in about 30%, Solano only 2%. You know, at least with Wood uh, and Solano, you know, they're going to be out 10 days, so you can plan accordingly. But otherwise, I would say just stream. Uh, a couple of Phillies players are also out with positive COVID tests. The only one that's really fantasy relevant is Zach Eflin, who's also out with a knee injury, uh, tendonitis is what they're saying it is. And they are going to shut him down for the rest of the year. And just to point out, Phillies are a repeat offender going back to last season as well um, for COVID. So something to, to consider when, uh, when we're drafting next year and, and in keeping players. So just something to think about. And I believe the Red Sox are another repeat offender with COVID. Definitely. Um, shortstop Xander Bogarts was pulled out of a game yesterday. He's one of like eight or so players and personnel from, from the Red Sox who are out right now. He tested positive, but you know, he was on the field. So obviously he was feeling fine. Um, Just in time for the fantasy playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the, Thanks, that's man. the crazy thing, but we are going to, on that topic really quick, we are going to talk about some players later on who you should be adding um, yes. down the stretch here. So just to tease that a little bit. And then uh, Matt Barnes is another Red Sox player who's been out. His performance has been going downhill anyways, and he's not going to come back to the closer role without a Vino there. Uh, and then Kike Hernandez, Martin Perez, and Christian Arroyo have also been out with COVID since Friday. So on that note, let's uh, get into a couple injury updates. Ouch, baby. Very ouch. Cincinnati reliever TJ Antone is undergoing Tommy John surgery this Friday. Uh, you know, a lot of people in the fantasy community thought he'd get some, you know, closing opportunity. And um, I think they did use him a, a, a little bit uh, times. throughout the year. But man, this bullpen has had some issues this year dealing with injuries, but somehow that the Reds are still hanging around uh, in, in the playoff hunt. So they're making it work. Uh, Atlanta second baseman, Ozzie Albies fouled the ball off his knee on Monday, I think. And so he's going to miss a few games, but uh, Atlanta's saying he's going to avoid the IL. Chicago Cubs catcher Wilson Contreras played in a rehab game yesterday. I would expect him back potentially by the weekend. Um, they were already thinking he might have been back last weekend, so he shouldn't be too far away. Kansas City shortstop Adalberto Mondesi is playing DH today. I'm curious to see 
how they monitor him over the rest of the season, especially since they've already talked about how they're going to limit his usage for next year. But, you know, we'll see if he's out there. Maybe he's worth an ad, like just if you're like dying for steals. But yep, that, that's, that's about it. That, that it, really, if you need steals in the fantasy playoffs, maybe look at him. But there's probably other players before him. Yeah. You might get two steals out of him before he's injured again. Yep. Uh, this isn't really fantasy relevant, but kind of sad. <laughs> Catcher. Uh, Cleveland catcher Wilson Ramos he tore his ACL and he sprained his MCL he's 34 this is probably a career ender for him he's he's not really a good enough hitter to come back to just DH Um, and it's just a disappointing way for the Buffalo to go out yeah Uh, here's your weekly uh, (laughs) Angels Mike Trout update Uh, so the update is there's he's got lingering soreness and there's a chance to get shut down for the rest of the season, which is unreal to me that like a calf strain is, has been keeping him out since like June. There had to have been something else, man. I just, I don't get it. You know, the most common phrase is there's no timetable for his return. Yeah. Like how, this is not something that should have been months. This is like a six week thing. I thought I must've said no timetable yeah. like a hundred times in the last yep. two months. Yep, for sure. Uh, I mean, but really, what does he have to play for, right? Like, the Angels don't need – like, if no. I'm the Angels, I'm shutting him down. Same thing like Syndergaard. There's no reason for him to be playing at this point. Like, when you bring him back, you're trying to sell tickets? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, a couple Dodgers updates as well. Starting pitcher Tony Gonsolin pitched a sim game, and he should be doing a rehab start soon. And Clayton Kershaw also pitched. Uh, an inning of a sim game he's got another one scheduled for two innings later this week uh, but he's still probably a few weeks away uh, from yeah from being back in lineup I don't know what I don't know what to do with him man I've got him on on one of my teams and do you keep him do you drop him um, I, I think I guess you, it depends on your roster, right? Like, yeah, do, you have, if, do you need them or not? If you have the IL room, I would say hold, but um, it also depends. Like, are you, is he a player that you're potentially going to keep? Is he, yeah, yeah, what's absolutely. the, what's the league size? That sort of thing all can, all can factor yeah, in. But sure. generally, I, I would hold on to him just because that one start could come in your fantasy be the playoffs. One. Exactly. Like it could come in the championship and that could be the one that puts you over the edge. Uh, Miami starting pitcher Trevor Rogers is working his way back. Uh, he threw 71 pitches in a rehab game. The team is saying maybe one more rehab start. Um, and so this is actually likely going to help him uh, not be on an innings limit at the end of the season because he had this time away, you know, obviously for a sad reason, but um yeah I've, I've seen him i've actually seen him on waivers in several leagues and i think some of it was the time away the potential innings limit and i think a lot of he's fallen off of a lot of people's radar so check your league see if he's available and if so get him on your team now for the playoffs definitely uh milwaukee's starting pitcher freddie peralta through a bullpen session the team thinks he'll start this friday versus st louis i would be throwing him in that game and Milwaukee infielder Eduardo Escobar should be back soon as well. He played catch and hit over the weekend, and uh, the manager thinks he should be back this weekend as well. Uh, Mets think that starting pitcher Jacob deGrom is going to be back in the second half of September after an MRI showed that there was nothing concerning. And it's just like a little interesting piece here that, you know, you might be able to get one or two more starts out of him if you've uh, left him on your roster yeah he's he's another one just like Kershaw that I think again it depends on your your roster you can't win the fantasy playoffs if you have guys that don't play so um, don't go out in the first round if you don't have pitchers because you're waiting for them thinking I might need them in the fantasy championship you can't win the championship if you lose in the first round folks so 
make sometimes you got to make those tough decisions and you know that's why we're going to look at people like streamers and with that let's look at some streamers for the week ahead am i stream am i streaming so a couple of shallow league streamers here uh for the next seven days arizona starting pitcher madison bumgarner is a good matchup against texas next wednesday and last week we kind of pointed out that there's you know, maybe like seven or eight teams that have really drastic negative run differentials. And, you know, those are the teams that are going after Texas, Washington, Detroit, Cleveland, Arizona, right? So you're going to hear a lot of that uh, Seattle, you're going to hear a lot of pitchers against those mm-hmm. teams today. So Madison Bumgarner uh, next Wednesday versus Texas, Atlanta starting pitcher Waskari Noah is still out there in 35% of leagues. Play him against Washington next Wednesday, the 8th. Boston starting pitcher Nick Pavetta has Cleveland this Sunday, the 5th. Cincinnati starting pitcher Vlad Gutierrez has Detroit uh, next, no, this Friday, the 3rd. Uh, Cleveland starting pitcher Cal Quantrill uh, pitches against Minnesota next Wednesday, the 8th. Oakland starter James Caprellian has Detroit today, uh, September 1st. So if you're listening, make sure he's in your lineup. Seattle starting pitcher Chris Flexen is pitching against Arizona on Sunday the 5th. Yeah, you know, some of these guys you mentioned, I think need to be more than streamers. Like Quantrill, for example, he's had an ERA of 286 in July, 142 in August. It's gone down. Um, And in August, he had a, a 947 K per nine, which is, that's a pretty big increase. I'm rostering him um, and starting him unless he's playing someone like the Yankees. They do have some series. So look at the, the lineups over the next couple of months. Um, unless he's playing versus the Yankees, they've got some versus the Yankees and versus the White Sox, but the majority of their um, series are versus Minnesota, Kansas city, Texas. And those are people that I would, I would, have Quantrill on my team. So if you've got a limit on uh, acquisitions, pick someone up like Quantrill that you can hold on to, or a guy like uh, Waskar Unoa. He shouldn't be rostered and um, still be available in 35% of leagues. That's unfathomable. He needs to be on you. Unless if you're like in a six-team league, you need to have him. Yeah, and um, Quantrill is one guy who I was kind of suspect of being able to continue and, you know, He's, he's still he's doing it better. So. It's, um, and we talked about him in a previous episode where I was on with you before, and we thought he was just a, a streamer, but I've watched him and I picked him up and he had two or three good starts. And I thought, let me just see how we do. And it just kept getting better and better. I, I just and wonder how much, lie. I wonder how much of it is the fact that he's getting, they're throwing him out there every five days and he's not being used as that like hybrid starter reliever spot starter long relief you know things like that can affect pitchers in the way they pitch too so uh, i'm curious to see if that is is a a factor uh and just to round out some streamers here a couple deep league streamers so if you're in some you know 10 12 team leagues these guys might still be out there Uh, Arizona starter Taylor Widener has Texas next Tuesday, the 7th. Do not play him today. Play him on the 7th. Uh, Boston starter Tanner Houck has Cleveland on Saturday, the 4th. Probably not going to get you the win with how the uh, Boston bullpen is is looking, but maybe he'll get you a quality (laughs) start. Uh, Chicago starter Alec Mills has Pittsburgh on this Friday. Uh, the third Houston starting pitcher, Jake Odorizzi. I don't know how he's out there in 27% of league. He's, he's rostered in only 27% of leagues. Uh, he needs to be, he, he's the most average pitcher in baseball, but he needs to be rostered in more than 27% of leagues. Yeah. And he, he pitches against Seattle today, uh, Wednesday, the I first. Need- he pitches for the Astros, so you got a pretty darn good shot of getting a win every single yes. time he pitches as well. Yes. Uh, and he also pitches against Seattle again next Tuesday, the 7th. So you can, you know, work the work the uh, the acquisitions limit if you have one. 
Uh, Miami starting pitchers, Eliezer Hernandez and Zach Thompson each have a matchup against the Mets next Tuesday and Wednesday, the 7th and the 8th, respectively. So right now we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with some strategies to help you win in the playoffs right after a word from our sponsor. That Hansel's so hot right now. So whether you're in your playoffs or not, you should, you should still be competing, right? You know, a lot of leagues have penalties for losers and if you don't, you should, um, you know, you want, you want everybody competing all the way through, no matter what. And so we're getting to the fantasy playoffs. Most leagues are either in them or are, are about to start their playoffs. So what do you do with players that you've been rostering all season or for, you know, um, the last month and a half, two months that are starting to get cold or players who are injured like uh, uh, Jake DeGrom or Clayton Kershaw, Mike Trout that have no return dates while guys on waivers are sitting there heating up. So what we're going to do is take a look at some hot bats and hot arms and kind of figure out who are we dropping? How do we, how do we get them on our team? Right. So it's, it's uh, who to lose to help you win. Amen. And, and one other thing to me at, at this point, at this point, if you are on my roster and you are not a keeper and you're underperforming, you're on the chopping block period. Yep. And if so, it's a full redraft, everyone is on the chopping block. Correct. Correct. There's there's names mean nothing at this point of the season. You no longer have any leeway in my book um, if you have been underperforming. I think there may be some exceptions to that, depending on who it is, um, if they had a bad week. But if you've had more than two, three weeks of bad performance, I'm going to be a little hesitant if I can get somebody who's hot. So considering all that, here we go. At catcher, uh, Arizona Dal uh, catcher Dalton Varsho, he's up 10% uh, over the last week in, in ESPN leagues to 25% owned. He's also outfield eligible. He's been streaky, but he's finally getting consistent playing time and, and is heating up. And uh, to kind of like juxtapose that, uh, Yachty is rostered in 70% of ESPN leagues. And over the last 15 days, he's way, way underperformed Varsho. And so this wow. is one of those situations where is, is Yachty a drop candidate for someone like Dar yep. Dalton Varsho? And the, the likely answer in most cases is yes. And so where is the cutoff at who you're willing to drop at catcher mm. to pick up like a, uh, a, uh, you know, a catcher that's just hot. Like if you're going to stream catchers, for example, where's the cutoff? So one, one name where that I'll throw out there is Gary Sanchez. He's batting 188 with three runs and three RBI over the last 15 days. Is he somebody who you're saying adios? Yeah. I, I think with that stat line, he needs to go. Um, compared to someone like Dalton Varsho, Dalton Varsho, words are hard. Um, there's no reason to keep him. You're keeping him for namesake. That's it. That's literally the only reason you're keeping him at this point. Because um, that one bad week is the week that you're going to lose in the fantasy playoffs because Gary Sanchez gives you a 188 batting average. That's going to tank your bat. That, there's a category. If it's a categories league that you've just lost because of it. And he's not going to, you're not, you're doing it at the sacrifice of, at what he's not hitting you RBIs or home runs three RBIs over 15 days. That's a joke. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to talk a bit about like name value and how that plays in and how you kind of like have to ignore it a little bit. And I think that's one of those situations you, when, especially when you have somebody like uh, Colorado catcher, Elias Diaz, who's rostered in only 15% of ESPN leagues that's batting 313 with nine runs, two homers and four RBI over the last 15 games. Yeah, And so my thought with catchers here is if I don't roster Will Smith, Buster Posey, Rail Muto, or Salvi Perez, I'm just going to stream catcher for the rest of the season. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the only other guys I'd consider streaming or even picking up and keeping if they're available in your league, and I've seen this in several leagues, is Yasmani Grandal or Travis Darno. Um, I think if you've got the space to roster one of them, plus maybe someone like Varsho, if you have the space um, and you want to sacrifice a different category, maybe you have no chance of winning something like stolen bases or saves, and you'd rather drop a reliever and pick up Dalton Varsho and one of those other catchers that you've got, even if you've got one of those guys you mentioned and you pick up someone like Dalton Varsho or Elias Diaz, right? You pick somebody else up, you have more like quantity is important mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Like you don't want the, the team who only has five games in a week and you're playing somebody who has players who have all seven games. Like that makes a big difference and catchers a space where you can stream and fill it in on the days when your regular catcher, your first catcher is not starting. So um, I would consider one of those guys as well. Yeah. And at uh, first base, Every, everybody's new favorite first baseman, hot hot first baseman ad is uh, Chicago Cubs corner infielder and outfielder Patrick Wisdom, who's rostered at 50% in ESPN leagues. Over the last 15 days, he's batting 262 with 10 runs, seven home runs, and 13 RBI. The, the rub here is wow. that he has a very high BABIP without the benefit of you know a high line drive rate keeping it up he also has a 40 percent strikeout rate so you're looking at you're looking at regression to his batting average right it's not going to be a 256 batting average for much longer but on the flip side the power does look he he looks like a home run hitter right 17 percent barrel rate 53 percent hard hit rate 47 percent hard contact rate those are elite and they actually profile somewhere in between what Otani and Judge are doing right now. It's wild. The, sus- the suspicious thing to me about his power is that he has a 49% fly ball rate, which is pretty astronomical. And that is probably boosting his home run to fly ball rate up to 35%, which is also astronomical unless you're Shohei Otani. Um, so I'm thinking that like long-term his pace of home runs is not going to be sustainable. But the thing is, is you don't need him long-term. You need him for like three more weeks. So this is what he's doing right now. The pace uh, I'm looking at it as like, could he have done this in 2020 when we had this shortened season? Sure. So why can't he do it right now? And so that that's kind of how I'm taking what he's doing. And if he fall, even, even if he falls off a little bit in pace, he's still giving you more than some other first baseman who are more widely rostered, right? So who is droppable for, uh, for wisdom? One player that I would very much consider dropping, and, and granted his last week has been better, but the last like three, four weeks have not been good is uh, Anthony Rizzo. He's rostered in 95% of leagues. Is that somebody you would be considering dropping in order to pick up Patrick Wisdom? Yeah, 100%. Um, Wisdom has um, 50 RBIs and 25 home runs in 258 at-bats. And Rizzo has more at-bats than that and like half of the stats. Um, it's just, it, you're keeping Rizzo for his name. That's yeah. it. That's literally the only reason you're keeping him. Uh, and, or maybe, maybe, maybe you want to keep him because you think he was traded to the Yankees and, you know, he's got that short porch and there's more homer. It, it, has, it just hasn't happened yet. Like you're holding on to him for nothing at this point. What about uh, Cody Bellinger, who's rostering in 95% of the SPM leagues? Yep, gone. Unless you are holding on to him as a keeper, same thing. Um, the only be- reason Bellinger is even playing in in uh, LA right now is for his defense. They're not keeping him in the lineup for his bat. Um, he he needs to go. Would you drop somebody like Rizzo or Lemayhew even or Bellinger for Pittsburgh uh, corner infield outfielder Yoshi Tsutsugo, who's only rostered in three percent of ESPN leagues? He is playing a lot in the last two weeks and doing well. 
Yeah, that one's a little tougher for me um, just because he doesn't have – and it's Patrick Wisdom, you can't say he has a huge track record, but Tetsugo doesn't have a huge track record. Um, I would rather look at someone like Connor Joe. Um, who has the best the best profile picture in the in hair baseball. man it's amazing <laughs> it's amazing um yeah i i would uh i would look at connor joe before yoshi um but i would if i had to rank them i would put wisdom joe then then yoshi in that list yeah um, i i agree to me connor joe's ceiling is not as high high as Patrick wisdoms for power but what he's doing as in terms of like the pace of what he's doing is more sustainable and he plays in Colorado yeah the Colorado part helps and really when you look at wisdom too I was looking at his month by month stats really he just had one bad month which was July like July his slugging percentage was 468 and his OPS was 785 but then in August, he brought it back up to 548 and 828. And over the last 15 days, his, um, his slug percentage is 786. And his OPS is, uh, it's over 1,000 um, or over 1,100. I mean, he's, he, you're, you're doing it because he's the hot hand. And there's no reason why you shouldn't do that in the playoffs. Take a yeah. shot on it. There's, there are options out there. Uh, one of my other favorite ads right now is Kansas City second baseman shortstop Nicky Lopez, who's rostered in 33% of ESPN leagues. This looks like uh, a guy that you would add. Uh, eight steals in the last 15 days. Yep. He's batting 418 during the same time frame. He is not somebody that I would add because he is not a Never hard gonna... hitter. I saw a stat the other day, Taylor, that he's hit 11 home runs since he was in high school yeah he he has some of the worst hard contact metrics i've ever seen Um, he doesn't hit for power but but what he does do is he gets on base and he steals which a lot of players don't do he's 11th in baseball and steals right now and he's got something like 100 fewer plate appearances than than trey turner and only eight fewer steals you know so um He's getting on base. He's stealing. He's really good in points leagues. He doesn't strike out something like a 12% strikeout rate and a 9% walk rate. Is Ryan McMahon droppable at this point? I think Ryan McMahon had a really good start to the season, first half of the season, and he's slowly just declined since the all-star break. He's batting Um, batting 182 with one home run and six RBI in the last 15 days. Yeah, I think he is someone who, if he got you to the playoffs, great, but he's not going to win you the playoffs right now. And I think that's the biggest struggle for managers is this person has been so great all year long. Well, guess what? If the month of September is the month that they finally crap the bed, then you're not going to win with them. So I would drop Ryan McMahon. It's the sentimental value. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. Hold on to him because he got me here, but he ain't going to win it for you. Are these other second basemen droppable at this point for somebody like a Nicky Lopez, Jazz Chisholm, Colton Wong, Joey Wendell, Jonathan VR? Would you be adding those players in place of Adam Frazier, David Fletcher, Jonathan Scope? I think the only one of them that I would consider holding on to um, over someone like Nicky Lopez is Jonathan, Jonathan scope, um, for the power more than anything else. But like you said, um, that's not the, the makeup of my rosters that I like to, to, to build. So I would pick up Nicky Lopez personally over all of the rest of those guys. Adam Frazier has absolutely declined since he was cratered. Um, yeah, just not been the same. I mean, that entire offense right now though, out there is not doesn't look good like they're in danger of losing the um not making the playoffs but yeah I I would not not hold on to any of those guys at um at third base we've mentioned wisdom and Sutsugo already what about Philly utility player Brad Miller he is so he's only batting in the 220s for the season but he's got good hard contact metrics 
11% barrel rate, almost a 50% hard hit rate, 42% hard contact rate, batting, he's batting 294 over the last 15 days. So there are signs of life there. Um, I was at the Nats Phillies game the other day uh, in DC and I saw him hit like three like lasers uh, beating the shift. Um, you know, he, he's really uh, turned out he got on base four times in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he, he looks like an, a good ad. Would you be adding him in place of somebody like Dodgers third baseman, Justin Turner, who has not done much in the last two weeks and is 98% rostered. So uh, honestly, that one's a little tough for, for me. Um, not because I roster Turner in a, uh, in another league, but he's, he's got a better track record throughout the season and has been consistent. When you look at his, um, week by week kind of game logs. Um, and then also the rock solid Dodgers lineup around mm-hmm. him. Um, and they're still competing for the division. I think he's going to heat back up. I think he's had a, you're correct. He's had a rough two weeks, but I would not drop him for Brad Miller. Um, I would drop someone like Matt Chapman, who a lot of people have kept because of his name, but he has struggled for quite some time. Justin Turner has not struggled all season. He's struggled over the last two weeks. Uh, Matt Chapman has just never been what people drafted him to be this year. Would you drop uh, Eugenio Suarez for Brad Miller at this point? I would have dropped Eugenio Suarez a long time ago. Um, <laughs> His, his last I don't understand 15, why he's rostered. His last 15 days, he's batting 059 with three runs and an RBI. So, like we say, like we should look at people being dropped when they're below the Mendoza line. Like, that's like, <laughs> I don't even, I don't we, even know. We got what a new that, line. That is. Yeah, it's a different line. <laughs> uh, some other, some third basemen to look at uh, in addition to Brad Miller, Joey Wendell um, is yep. widely available. Uh, J.D. Davis of the Mets is only 17% rostered in ESPN leagues. And, um, you know, you, he looks like a candidate for some positive regression. Um, the home run to fly ball rate has room to improve. Uh, hard contact numbers are decent. So he's a player to look at as well. And for shortstop, there's a few. This, I, it's the same idea here as with Nicky Lopez. Uh, I'm looking at somebody like Cleveland shortstop Ahmed Rosario, who's available in 40% of leagues. Um, Not necessarily like a big power guy, but he can get on base and he can steal. Um, I wish his OBP was slightly better, but uh, you know, he's, he's been productive recently and he should still be productive uh, over the, the course of the rest of the season. He's, he's got room to improve. And so this is a tricky one for me is let's say I have Francisco Lindor who's rostered in 95% of ESPN leagues and who has looked awful over the last 15 (laughs) days. Is he droppable for somebody like Rosario? Oh man, that's a, it's a tough one. Um, I I struggle with it um, because I want to hope and believe that Lindor is going to be better. And I feel like he could heat up any day, but I feel like how long have we been saying Lindor is just around like the, like we talk about metrics and the underlying metrics and saying, you know, like he's, he's, he, his BABIP is, is inflated, like, or, or it's, it's not where it should be. And we look at all these metrics, like and expected this and expected that, but like, how long can you expect it at this point? Like you got three weeks, four weeks left in the season. I, I would consider it. I am, if I had Francisco Lindor and Ahmed Rosario is out there right now, I would make the switch. Uh, Same thing for Brandon Crawford. If I had Brandon Crawford, it was a nice ride. It was fun while it lasted, but you know, the last couple of weeks haven't been good. So uh, I I also don't understand why players like Gio Urshela are rostered at 57% and guys like Nicky Lopez are rostered at 33%. Baltimore Man, shortstop okay. Ramon Urias is My boy. is rostered at three percent 
in ESPN leagues. And over the last 15 days, he's batting 292 with seven runs, two home runs, and nine RBI. He's got decent hard contact for a middle infielder. He does strike out 25% of the time, but he's batting 270 on the season. And honestly, I think what Ramon Urias gives me over the rest of the season might be more than what Lindor gives me over the rest of the season. So that's also something I would be considering. He's also someone who's trying to prove himself as well. And I think that's something to look at too. We often look at these, these prospects and and they're called up and he's not a huge prospect for the Orioles, but he's still trying to prove himself and he's been given a shot. So he's, he's got a lot more to play for than Lindor. Lindor is making his money regardless. Like what's, what's he got to play? He was given fans thumbs down signs. Like he doesn't give a crap about what goes on in New York right now. Like he doesn't have anything to play for. I would look at Urias over him every day. Uh, At outfield, there's a couple of guys who've looked good over the last two weeks. Cubs outfielder Ian Happ, uh, Odubel Herrera and Philly. Both of those guys are batting over 350 with four home runs during the last two weeks. Uh, Cleveland outfielder Bradley Zimmer's last two weeks, he's batting 250, but he's got four stolen bases and two home runs. Baltimore outfielder Anthony Santander is batting 256 with four home runs, and he's available in in a lot of leagues right now. Uh, Angels outfielder Brandon Marsh is batting over 400 in the last two weeks. Uh, He's been a better younger player than Joe Adele. Nobody thought that was going to be the case, but he's been better than Adele. Yep. Not the not he doesn't have the power upside, but he's definitely better for your batting average. Um, Houston outfielder. Jake Myers and Colorado outfield second baseman Garrett Hampson are both batting over 300 and producing in the last two weeks. And all of those guys are rostered. Everyone I listed is rostered at most in 40% of ESPN leagues and as low as 2%. So these guys are out there. At this point is Michael Brantley, who's rostered in 98% of leagues, a drop candidate for these players. And Brantley's last two weeks, He's gotten five runs and six RBI and a 192 batting average. So I think Brantley is an interesting name. That is very unBrantley like to have a 192 yes. batting average. That to me makes me think that he's injured or something is going wrong. Um, I would give Brantley the benefit of the doubt. I would not drop Brantley only because I think there are plenty of other players that I would consider dropping before Brantley. Um, you know, some of them that I know you and I have talked about already today, Trout, right? If it's not a redraft league or, or if it is a redraft league, league, excuse me, and Trout's not going to be kept, he needs to go. Bye. Yeah, I, um, I think that's the key is if, if you're in a redraft league, and Trout is on your bench, it, it probably is time to cut ties. Yep. Agreed. Uh, oh. I, I take the other side, actually, with Michael Brantley. I think the only, the only reason he's on your team is that he's giving you batting average. Like, you're not expecting him to hit home runs. Maybe he picks up some runs in RBI, but you, you're not expecting him to do much else. So, uh, to me, he's definitely cuttable at this point uh, i'd have to look into his, his babip over the last two weeks if we could if we looked at that that might be something to consider as it like drastically um changed yeah so i'd look into it but i would i would uh agree with you it is, that's the reason why you've got him on your team um, for sure are you considering dropping grisham at this point yeah, I actually have him in one of my other leagues, and I, I am probably going to be dropping him in the next day or so. Um, he He's still – I have him in a points league, and he's still doing decent there, but I'm, I'm very much on the fence. Yeah, not, uh, not been performing lately. Randall Grichuk, I think, is a cut candidate for sure. Agreed. What about Mark Canna? Yep, literally just dropped him in our league not too long ago, and I traded for him. Um and part of a big haul at the, at the the deadline and he has just declined ever since and i have someone else i can start at outfield thank you fernando tatis so i'll start him over mark canha every day 
let's do let's do this one with no name attached okay okay this player over the last 15 days has two runs one home run and one rbi and is batting 133 you dropping him um if i don't know the name sounds like a drop to me who is it mookie Betts. oh good thing i traded him at the deadline <laughs> is he droppable Love in a redraft it. league in a redraft league man Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there. If you drop him and you lose the league because the person you play against picked him up and he turns it on over the next two weeks, you can't have any regrets about it. it you I mean, that's the risk you take with someone like that. It's like he's still one of the best players in baseball. But um, he's had like a are, very a very been, down year. He's had like a down whole year. year. I think, and I think that he has some type of injury. I wouldn't be shocked if the Dodgers, if they can lock up the playoffs, if they don't rest him some. Um, yeah, I, I'd be nervous to drop him. Um, but when you look at the stats, there's no reason why you, you shouldn't. I, I kind of, I'm on board as well. It's tough. Um, I'm grateful I traded him when I did. Here's a here's another one for you really quick. Uh, again, last two weeks, four runs, one home run, four RBI, and a 208 batting average. So that's not as bad as Mookie's was. At least this person has four runs and four RBIs uh, and a 208. So they're technically above the Mendoza line. I don't know. I I probably still would drop them unless roster dependent. Who is it? This is JD Martinez. Ah. So I think if you've got him sitting in your DH spot, I don't know if he's outfield eligible right now. I don't think he is just DH, or maybe he did pick up outfield. I think he is outfield. The year. I think he is I think outfield. because he's outfield eligible, I might hold on to him. Um, and like I said, those numbers are better than Mookie's. But again, I would it would be roster and league dependent if you're in a rotor league and it's a five outfield league i'm holding on to him if you're in a points league and it's three outfielders he's probably someone i'm going to cut and fill in with the hot hand or if i, I have the bench space i'm going to hold him and hopes that he gets hot in the next week i think i'm giving each of them one more week and if it's more mm -hmm. of the same yep. and you see guys like ian happ yep. or anthony santander or yep. marsh doing really really well still then and redraft league only yeah like obviously obviously <laughs> keeper in dynasty leagues like this is old <laughs> keep totally them. different conversation yeah uh sure. but yeah redraft leagues i'm very much considering making the switch and then the last thing we're going to look at we're not going to cover starting pitchers because we already covered streamers here but once you get to the fantasy playoffs um you, you really need to start focusing on what you can win, where you can win and where, you know, you can uh, kind of like punt a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So one thing, if you realize I'm in play in the playoffs, you're probably not going to win saves. Let's say you're not, you're, you know, you just don't have the relief core. Um, you, you realize you're going to have to lean on your starters, but you know, you want to keep your, uh, a lot of leagues have limits on how many starts you can have or how many innings mm -hmm. pitched uh, they allow per matchup. Um, so one kind of like little loophole in that, that also helps keep your ERA and your whip down is targeting multi-inning relievers that get you strikeouts and keep your ERA and whip low while also not using your starts limit or, or, you know, and, and also help keep your innings pitch down. And so one play, and these are also players that could, could get you saves, could get you uh, holds as well. You know, uh, if you're in leagues that value those things, one player I'd be gunning for is Tampa Bay reliever, Andrew Kittredge, who's now being used to get saves. Um, Colin McHugh, there's like a million Tampa relievers um, <laughs> that that are 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 being used like this. Um, Colin Colin McHugh in Tampa um, is yep. another player that profiles like that. High strikeouts, two innings a game, um, 
you know, not starting. So won't, won't take that start, you know, won't get you push you closer to the start cap, but is going to keep your ERA low. Um, another player like that Yankees pitcher, Jonathan Loisaga, AKA Johnny Lasagna, um, Kansas, Kansas city reliever, Irvin Santana has actually been lights out in August. And, yeah. And, it, and so again, the strategy here is, you know, you're probably not going to win saves. So you go to these multi-inning relievers that can fill up the stat sheet while not running up your starts limit. So as far as relievers, is Aroldis Chapman droppable at this point? He's 97% rostered still. I wouldn't drop Chapman. Um, I think he started to turn it around, but I think there are other relief pitchers I would drop over him. Um, someone like Alex Reyes, I would drop him. He is He's had a bad whip all season long, yet he's still somehow outpitched that. And I've, I've rostered him in one of our leagues for – the entire he went 23 out of 24 saves at one point. Yep. Like he he was unbelievable, but he still outperformed all of his metrics. But his walks have finally caught up to him, and he start. You, you can't give up walks all season long. Um, yeah. I think Giovanni Gallegos is is the 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 pitcher there now who's going to get the saves. So someone like him, I would get rid of. Um, Craig Kimbrell gone. Um, no need to hold on to him. There's, there's a lot of Matt Barnes gone. Yep. Um, Adovino needs to be rostered there. Um, but I would, I would keep Chapman. Um, I think the, the skill set is too, I think he has the biggest leash in terms of a bullpen. Um, and compared to a lot of the other relievers who are struggling, um, although, Again, if you're going to punt your saves, get rid of them, like drop them and, and use somebody else. Um, you know, this is like if you're if you are rostering, let's say, a roll dish Chapman and um, I don't know, Liam Hendricks. Let's say those are your sure. two. Those are your two relievers. Right. Mm-hmm. And the guy you're going up against is has like five closers. Got him. Time, you're not gonna, time to say you're goodbye. Not yeah. So so try to exactly. win and try to win in other ways. I know I know one of the guys in in uh, my other league uh, is going to do this, and yep. because there's no way he is going to be able to win uh, to, yeah. to get points from saves. So yeah, um, and you've got you've got to look at the way your your roster is constructed and also your league. I'm in a league where you're only allowed to have seven starting pitchers on a roster and three relief pitchers. So if I can pick up a guy who's starting pitcher and relief pitcher eligible, right. Then I can count him as two. Um, and then I can also use a spot then to stream. So you've got to look at, and if you're streaming, you've got a, a greater chance of winning quality starts and wins mm-hmm. and K's that's three categories versus one guy who could potentially blow up your ERA, blow up your whip with one bad game and still lose you saves. So all of these multi uh, inning relief pitchers are like Devin Williams is a perfect example of, of, of one of those pitchers. If he's out there, get him on your yep. roster. Yep. And one, one last one. I know a lot of people are rostering uh, James Karinchak in Cleveland, but he's kind of like gone downhill the last couple of weeks and it's obvious the team is leaning on uh clase for saves so that's another player i would cut to roster somebody like andrew kittridge or or jonathan lysaga agreed We'll be back next Wednesday where we'll cover all the major fantasy baseball news. But in the meantime, you can tweet us at FastballPod, reach out to us on Instagram at FastballFantasyBaseball, or email us at FastballFantasyBaseball at gmail.com. We'll respond. Your questions are going to make it onto the show, and we'll even shout you out. So drop your social media handles as well. Make sure you subscribe so you're notified when new episodes publish. If you want to get more info from me, I'm currently writing baseball, fantasy baseball, and baseball betting articles for thegameday.com. You can check out my articles there. It's a great resource. Uh, If you're a gambler, if you just really like fantasy sports, 
you can also find my articles at creativesports2.com. That's the number two. I have a column there called Three Strikes, and I post there every Thursday. Finally, please give the show a five-star rating. Each high rating helps move this podcast up the list on all the podcast platforms when people search for fantasy baseball, so it's something that really helps us out. Thanks for listening.